0: amen amen how's everybody doing this morning okay (laughs) yeah that was um, a few people I talked with this morning just um, you know I, I think I've mentioned this before that when I greet people on the house how was your week how's it going um, and if I get something that kind of goes over and over I notice a pattern in that and um, this morning I just had a few different people um, more than one or two but I think three or four actually came up to me when I said how was your week um, and they just said, man, it's been a doozy of a week. It's been uh, just a heck of a week. And so, um, I, you know what, I wanna pray um, for those people that are just having uh, you know, a, a rough week and pray that God and His Holy Spirit would come in and help them and assist them. And uh, here's the good news, it's Sunday morning and according to my calendar, it's the first day of a new week, amen? His mercies are brand new right now this morning and um, I want you to just claim that, and as the song that we just finished singing says that when we turn our eyes on Jesus, guess what? The things of this world become strangely dim, and my prayer would be that um, when you leave this place, maybe your week will be have left behind in, your, behind in your mind, and you'll just be able to let that go. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fact that your Holy Spirit ministers to us right where we are, and God, I just come before you right now, and... Um, the fact that people are just having difficult weeks long weeks struggling weeks um, issues that have come from this past week god we we just lift up these people to you right now and pray that you by your holy spirit would meet them right now god you are stopping this service right now to minister to them to touch their heart and God, I pray if they're even questioning whether you love them or not, that you would just confirm that the fact that I'm praying for them right now means that you care, that you love, and that you notice them. And so Lord, I pray that as you notice them, they would begin to sense your presence and understand that you are with them and you want to go with them. Your mercies are brand new every morning. Help them to enter into that and help them to look forward to the week that's coming up. And um, God, help them to just enjoy and um, And receive what you have for them this morning and so Lord I pray that you would communicate through me your your message and your life and uh, God I just look forward to how you're going to touch hearts and touch lives this morning and we thank you for these things in your name if that's your prayer say amen amen okay so um I am super excited to be here I hope you are um welcome to shine church um I hope you do like coming to church yes Okay. See, that's better than how you're doing. That's good. Right there. Love that. Hey, we are in a series called Four Pillars, and we actually have just two weeks to go on this one. Um, And what we did, it was a longer series to totally understand that. But we're trying to develop what Shine Church is going to be built upon. What are the pillars that are going to be key to the uh, to the success of this church to be quite honest with you um, Kim and I prayed when we found out that we were going to do this that we felt that God call us to do this we prayed about what is the vision for this church and we felt like God gave us four different things the first one is that we are to be a people that engage engage with God and engage with one another one another and that's what we're going to be talking about today the second one is this that we would take that and understand that as we engage with God that he wants us to understand who we are in him and how he sees us and as we engage or as we identify those things that we move into understanding that he has giftings and he wants to empower us to do the things that he's purposed and created us for which then ultimately means that we will then multiply in those things and we will reproduce ourselves in this world now we started with the end and we worked backwards and so today I'm talking about the engage pillar and to be quite honest with you This is the most important pillar of the four in my opinion. Because if you don't engage with God, and if we don't engage with one another, then what begins to happen is that we don't understand all the rest of the pillars. We don't understand who we are in Christ. We don't understand how he wants to use us. And ultimately we can't multiply or reproduce ourselves. And so it is very, very important that we get the idea of these next two weeks. There's a verse that's not in your uh, notes. Um, if you want to follow along, bible.com, the Bible app, the YouVersion app. We have the notes there. You can follow along there. Um, and I um, was praying for this message yesterday morning and didn't even get this uh, on the screen uh, behind me. So you guys are going to have to open up your Bibles or just pay very close attention as I read this. Okay, so you have to pay close attention because I didn't hear many Bibles ruffling right there. Hey, a Bible's a great place to, uh, you know, our church is a great place to bring your Bible, by the way. Um, so I want to read in Matthew chapter 22. Um, and I want you to read or listen to this. It's very familiar. I know that you've heard this before. But um, here's what's happening. Uh, the Pharisees got together. Um, they're trying to trick Jesus, and they would do... Um, several different things to try to trick him and they would ask him different questions hey what would you do with this and how would you do this and in this particular instance they basically said hey jesus what's the greatest commandment i mean they're living from the ten commandments um they had living from 613 different laws that they were trying to upkeep and so they went to jesus and said basically hey what is the greatest one of these they're trying to trap him they're trying to trick him and so uh jesus like he does Um, in all of those entrapments he just totally does something that they didn't expect um, and it just kind of blows their mind and this is one of those cases and in verse 37 it says this jesus replied love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself now listen to this next verse all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments now real quick what does all mean all it means everything right all of the law now listen to that again all of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, what he is saying is all the things that you would try to upkeep and all the things that you would try to do, the 613 laws that you're trying to perform and trying to accomplish and make sure that you don't fail at any one of those things, all the things that you would do to try to make yourself feel worthy so that you could have the right relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, all of those things are fulfilled and summed up in those two things that he said. Think about that. We talked about last week the fact that, you know, Christ paid it all. Okay? He accomplished everything on that cross so that we could understand who we are and what our identity is. But yet, still, there's something inside of us that wants to obtain. Yes? There's still that, nagging thing that i have to do better or i have to do something more or I have, to, I have to i have to i have to i have to whatever that is and here jesus says actually if you want to satisfy all of those things understand this if you love me and if you love others all of it's taken care of all of it's taken care of okay so this is how shine's going to say this If you engage with God, and if you engage with one another, we believe that all the law and the prophets will be summed up in doing that. That you will be fulfilled, that you'll be satisfied. The things that you're longing for, the things that you're striving for. You know what, if you love God, if you engage with him, if you engage with one another, then guess what? You're gonna be satisfied and God's gonna come in and give you that abundant life that Jesus himself promised. He said, I came to give life and life in abundance. And we believe that when you engage with God, and engage with one another that those things take place. Our tagline for this pillar is this, don't go it alone. Don't go it alone. And our little definition, our little write up is this, we'll be a church that gives ourselves to God through worship, serving, praying, and giving. That's the engagement with God. Next week we'll be talking about that aspect. The second part is this, choosing to do life together and building a community where genuine friendships can happen. Choosing to do life together and building a community where genuine friendships can happen. All right, this morning I have two things I wanna bring out about engaging with one another. Again, next week we'll talk about engaging with God. But this morning I wanna talk about engaging with the family, with the body of Christ. In Acts chapter two, 40, chapter 2, verse 42, they do have this one behind me, it says this, they devoted themselves. Okay, first, real quick, help me out. Who is they? The church. I, in particular for this verse though, who is they? The disciples, but was it just the disciples? It was the new believers, right? As a matter of fact, if you read earlier in the chapter, and we talked about this in the empowerment portion, Holy Spirit came upon them with tongues of fire. They had such a powerful experience that people gathered around. Peter got out and started professing about the good news of Jesus Christ, talking about the Old Testament scriptures that spoke about this moment. And it says that 3,000 were added to the number that day. And we just see a situation where people are being added to the uh, believers here and we pick up the story here and it says they. It's those believers. Now here's the good news about the Bible is that when it talks about the believers then, it also is speaking to us, yes? So the they there are us. Say they are us. They are us. And I want you to understand this because if that's true, then when we're talking about this engaged pillar and we're talking about engaging with God and engaging one one another, We need to devote ourselves to the same things that they did because they are us. And it says they devoted. All right, I'm gonna stop for a second and I'm gonna ask you to help me out. What does devoted mean? All in, huh? poured out, you said poured out, okay. Committed, engaged, disciplined priority gave all you are so much better than last night's crowd i'm just telling you this right now they struggled in this and it's interesting because what i told them last night and i will say it here but not to the extent because you guys have done such a good job with describing devoted the truth is this we live in a world that doesn't understand devotion We live in a world that goes out and does whatever they need to do for themselves. We have the mantra that says, hey, if it feels good, do it. If it serves you, then do it. But if it doesn't, then don't worry about it. Man, just do what you do. Know your own truth, live in that. And so we have a hard time understanding this idea or this concept of devotion. But yet, all the things that you guys just said, all in, committed, um, giving our all to, that's what the word means. Um, You know, I am married to my wife this December, we're gonna hit 25 years of marriage, and I am devoted to her. She's my priority, she is my life. And I want you to understand that we can get that, sometimes even in a marriage concept, but sometimes we don't even get it there. And so, When I talk about devotion, I want you to understand this goes beyond what the world would say it is. This goes into something where it says, hey, this is a priority in my life. This is something I'm gonna commit myself to. This is something I'm gonna go all in for. Man, the words you used, I love those descriptors of this word. But now that you've said it, (laughs) are you gonna do it? Because if they are us, Let me read it. And we devoted ourselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They were sold out for these things. They went all in on these things. They went all in on receiving the teaching. I want you to know as a teaching team, we're seeking the heart of God. We don't want to bring to you the subject of a book. We're seeking the heart of the Lord and we're bringing what we feel like the Holy Spirit is inspiring us to bring to you. We are not gonna give you the four things that an author wrote about and then communicate. That's secondhand revelation. We're going before God and seeking him to bring that to you. I hope that you come expecting to receive from him. The second thing they devoted is fellowship and this is what I wanna speak about today fellowship they were sold out and they were all in to hanging out with one another to enjoying life with one another one of the things that I'm so excited about Shine Church is that I get to do this ministry with my best friends DJ and Cami, Robin, Amy, Janet and Darren getting to know Janelle as a worship pastor and Peter and Christine as youth pastors Denny and Laura Dan and Tina, man, these, these are great people and we're starting to live life together. The formation team already had been living life together. The eight of us, I don't know if you were aware of this, but the eight of us last November actually went to Mexico together just to have fun. We had no idea this was happening, none. But we are just living life together. And my heart for you is that we would be a church where we live life together where we devote ourselves to fellowship, where we understand that we, we experience the abundant life, the more we hang out with one another. The teaching's good and understanding from God, I, getting that understanding, that is important. That is one par- portion of it, engaging with God. But the other part is engaging with one another and it's just as important in my mind. And so two quick things uh, this morning about that. And the first one is this. I believe that our inheritance, last week I talked about our identity, but our uh, inheritance, a portion of who we are as, a, as people, are found in the other people that sit in this room. And let me show this to you. In Ephesians, in the book of Ephesians, chapter one, verses 17 through 19, it says this. I keep asking, okay, now who is the I? The I is Paul. Paul is um, praying for the new believers, they are us, yes? And so this prayer can be received to you. As a matter of fact, as I read this, I want you to take this in personally. Realize that Paul was praying for you right here. And he says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better so that you may know Christ better. He's asking that you would have wisdom and you would get revelations so that you would know him better. And a portion of that comes from the next three things. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The word hope there is not, I hope I win the lottery. I don't know how many of you bought tickets last night, but there's Uh, a a thought in the world today that says when I hope in something it's like I hope I win the lottery almost like I'm not expecting anything this word hope if you look it up it means to expect what he's saying is I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know what you can expect in regards to what God has called you to man that's good I don't have time to go into that but that's good the second thing he prays for is this that the riches of his glorious glorious inheritance in his his holy people, that you would understand the riches of the glorious inheritance that are found in his holy people. And then he goes on, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. Now the power we talked about um, a couple weeks ago in the empowerment, the thing that I wanna focus on is the fact that he prays for all of us, that we would have our eyes open to understand the riches of the glorious inheritance that we have in his holy people in one another now um i was talking to my wife about this and it's interesting because um she and i have two different views of what that what this means actually here so i'm going to just share both of them with you because here's the truth as i share what i feel like the lord is speaking in that some of you might go oh yeah that's good and when i share what my wife uh feels like that means you're gonna go oh yeah that's good and last night they all agreed more with kim than me but that's okay Here's what I think this is saying. I think it's saying that the glorious inheritance, the riches of that glorious inheritance is found in the saints. In other words, each one of you has a piece of my inheritance. Last week we talked about a portion of my identity can be called out and pulled out of me by you as I get to know you. And when I enter into relationship with you, guess what, a portion of me, I get to see more. And I get to understand, The calling, the purpose is in me as I get to know you. The example that I would give to you is this. If every one of you in here had an envelope that had my name on it, and in that envelope had different values, maybe a $5 bill, a $10 bill, a $20 bill, a $50 bill, a $100 bill. What if every person in this room had an envelope for you that had $5, $10, $20, $50, or $100 in it? How many of you would make sure you met everybody in the room? Yes? We would do that because we understand there's a, something for me there. Church, right here in this room, people have things that are gonna help you to understand who you are. Your inheritance is found in the saints. Oh, this is a good place for an amen. Or right on. I, whatever you want to say, you can go ahead and be vocal right there. Hey, the truth is this, man, you miss out on a piece of what God has for you if you don't meet other people in this room. And not everybody in here is going to be your best friend, and I totally understand that. Some people may only have a dollar bill for you. And I don't want to approach it from a. it almost brings that greedy part out of us. That's not what I'm, trying to get out of you what I'm trying to have you understand is that every single one of us has a peace every single one of us can gain something in getting to know one another in this room now my wife's interpretation and her view on this is this every single person that is in this room is made in the image of God And so therefore, if you reach out and meet other people in this room, you get to see another facet of God's greatness. And if you really wanna engage with God on a more deeper level, then you're gonna want to meet every single person in this room because you're gonna get to know Him in a different way because of what's in them. That's pretty good too. I, I'm just gonna say that's okay, all right as well. You know what, I think they're pretty similar. And I, we actually had a little bit of an argument because I was like, aren't they saying the same thing? And she's like, I don't know. And I'll let you guys debate that at home, um, whether it says the same thing, but here's, here's what I do know. In either way, I know this, our inheritance is found in one another. And here's what's so exciting about this is that if we begin to understand this, comprehend this, then we begin to call out of one another the great things that God has for us. And we begin to understand these things. I, and I don't know what it is about human nature that we don't know, necessarily wanna hear those things, or sometimes we don't even wanna tell other people what those things are. But I'm praying, my heart beat every time I think about you as a church, my heart is that you would want to pull out of other people what God has put in them, and you would want to let people pull things out of you that God has pushed in you, put in you, so that we could be the body of Christ, and we could be, man, if we did this, we would be so attractive to the world. They would be like, what is going on? And you could just tell them, man, I'm engaged with God, and I'm engaged with other believers, and it's good. And it's good. And so real quick, I wanna poll you guys. Help help me, help me with this question. And I'll actually share first. I want you to think about when somebody pulled something out of you. Think about an instance where somebody said something or challenged you with something or encouraged you with something that pulled something out of you that actually was like, oh, okay. And then you walked into it. For instance, March 21st of this year, I sat across the table from Pastor John Leach um, who's my pastor and he looked at me and he said hey I know this is going to sound crazy but I think you should start your own church I think you should go out the time is right you have the giftings in you and I think now is the time for you to go start your own church and he pulled that out of me I looked at him and said you're wrong but do you know what that did it opened the door for the holy spirit to begin to speak to me in the middle of that i had a dream i had words i had um encouraging things that began to happen that really pointed me to that direction ultimately to the place where i said you know what you're right i'm going to totally step out i'm going to do this thing and here we are aren't you glad I was hoping for a little bit louder than that. We'll try it. Again. Aren't you glad? Okay, good. There we go. Perfect. Hey. Okay. So help me out. Give me give me a couple examples. Some something that somebody pulled out of you, and it doesn't have to be super spiritual. Um, it, anything. Yes. Okay, so your son and a friend of yours come to you and said, Mom, I need you to be an advocate of... You need to be an advocate for children with special needs. What are you doing now? You're... So now you're an advocate for children with special needs, yes? I mean, and you're still passionate in you? Love that. Confirmed it, yep. Yeah, okay. Something else. Her husband came to her after a service, said, hey, um, I have a calling to start a Celebrate Recovery group, and you're gonna do it with me. She said no, and then after losing the fight, right, with the Holy Spirit and your husband, four years they did the ministry together. There's power in this. There's power when somebody calls something out of you. Another example? Okay, I'm going I'm to stop here for just a second, just so the people can hear. I'm going to repeat it real quick. So, they have a tradition during Halloween that they do hot dogs. And, I mean, they go all out for the kids that are coming. What's your address so we can come? <laughs> Okay, so a friend of the uh, of theirs actually said, "Hey, here's an idea that I've read about. Um, your gift of hospitality, your your nature, your character seems very much apt to this that during Halloween in where people are just I mean celebrating just evil in, in most part what if you opened your house and just man had something so attractive that you could tell and share the good news of Jesus Christ just by the actual just loving people and that person called that out of them. I love that you know that is the stories that I want to see happening here at Shine Church is that we're sharing those things the truth is um, both last night and today though we had a couple I didn't have like everybody's hands ra- raising up I want to share this I want to share this um and Man, how cool would it be where we were calling things out of one another so much that when I asked that question, everybody would be like, Oh, I want to share, I want to share, I want to share. How about this? How cool would it be that during our greeting time in our church service that we would be able to pull these things out and we could actually encourage one another in the midst of our our day-to-day lives and just start pulling those things out. Whether it's just saying something nice like, Man, I like the outfit. I like the outfit that you're in today. You're looking good my wife dressed me by the way so it's okay um or just hey your smile brightens my day or just as simple how are you doing and letting the holy spirit navigate through that the truth is if our inheritance is found in his holy people then that greeting time becomes very important to us and it becomes something that we value as a church because it is a way to start connecting with one another. Now, I realize my extroverts, my people person, are like, yes, amen, and my introverts are like, I hate greeting time, and that's why you guys go all hang out at the coffee bar during that time, but here's my challenge to you. I want you to understand that it is a way to start connecting, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to have greeting time. Ah, yeah, some of you are like, I missed that. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take five minutes and I want you just to greet somebody. Ask them how their week went. Ask them how their day is going. Be real with yourself, with your week and your day. And just share how your week went. And let's just connect real quick as a body of Christ and realize that your inheritance, you might find a little bit of your identity here or you might see another as- facet of God right here in the next five minutes. And so let's do that. Let's have greeting time. Stand up, you got to stand up to do this, stand up. I'm going to have you find your way back to your seat. Yeah, (laughs) you're not done yet. That's good. I love that. All right. Um, I can honestly say I think that that has been the, that's the loudest greeting time we've ever had here on a Sunday morning, which is just awesome. Hey, you know what? There's just, there's great... There's great wisdom in getting and connecting with one another. I think there's something inside of each one of us. It's interesting. I was reading in Genesis, and it says this, that God created man, formed him out of the dust, uh, the dirt from the ground, formed man, and then said this. It's not good. Not that man wasn't good, but that it's not good that this man is alone. And what's interesting is, I don't know if you know this or not, but the very next section um, in Genesis isn't about God creating Eve. Do you know what it's about? Showing him he's alone. How did he do it? Showing the rest of the creation. Very, very good back there, right? So here's what he did. The very next section of scripture is God bringing to Adam all of The creation that he created. All of the animals, it says that he brought every animal before Adam, and Adam named every single one of them. And at the end of that, then it says there was no suitable helper found for Adam. Now, do you think God was trying to test each animal with Adam and go, well, let's see if this works? I think God knew that Adam would not find a suitable helper in any of those animals, in any of the creation. So what was he doing? I think he was trying to let Adam know, hey, there's not a suitable helper in all of this creation. And so I'm gonna create woman for you. Listen, in the context of relationship, I want you to understand, there's not a pet, there's not a toy, there's not a job on this planet that is going to meet the need that you have inside of you that is directly wired into having relationship. Did you get that? And God wanted us to understand that. And so we find our inheritance in his holy people. The second thing I wanna bring to you today is this. In the word of God, uh, there's a term that in English we translate either one, one another or each other one another or each other and it's found depending on which translation of the bible you read somewhere between 60 and 100 times in the bible and i'm not going to go through each and every one of them uh, but i found this cool little um, uh, tool that would help you and i'm going to have them put that on the screen uh, behind me and it's really just the one another's. and and there's scripture, and I'm not gonna read. I've been really scripture intensive in the in the prior weeks. I'm not gonna go through every single one of these scriptures, but I did feel it appropriate to tell you that the Bible speaks about this engagement with one another several times. As a matter of fact, on this card, there's 22 subjects, and there's 56 different verses. And so whether you wanna do like a three week study, Uh, on just the 22 different subjects, or maybe you'd take one verse every day and do a two-month study or a 56-day study um, and and go through and just read through that. I would encourage you, man, get this into you. See how valuable and how important it is to live life with one another. Let me read the subjects. We are to love one another. We are to be kind to one another. We are to worship with one another. Now, I, I... Man, I want you to get this. I'm, why is it that in church, when we come into church, we're very reserved? Um, we, we don't necessarily like to sing, and I get it. You say, well, Pastor Dan, I don't have a, a, a great voice. Yeah, neither do I. If you're not up here, you probably don't. <laughs> the Bible said, let's make a joyful noise together. You know, here's the complaint I would love to get from Janelle. They're singing so out of tune that I'm having a hard time leading. Because they're so loud. I would love that. That would be great. It means that we're worshiping one another. And, and church, I want you to understand this. We get this and we do it all the time. If you're a Bronco fan, a Rockies fan, a Nuggets fan, if you, uh, are, go to, um, if you go to concerts, I have a buddy that uh, recently, I, it was probably six months ago now, Guns N' Roses came to town. And dude, he was all in at the Guns N' Roses concert. Now here's what's funny. Is there a Bronco game? When the Broncos do something great, here's what's happening. Yeah! During the praise time, during church, God is good. Yeah! I haven't seen that yet. But what if we were to worship one another? And we actually created an atmosphere where we were excited together about what God is doing. Yes? yes. Man, we don't have any problem. Man, I go to uh, a Nuggets game or Rockies game, and they get on the, the PA, and every, everybody clapped their hand. You know, and everybody's doing it. Janelle says, okay, let's clap our hands. And everybody's like, "Huh?" And I get it. We're white. And rhythm challenged. Totally understand. Again, I would love it if Janelle said, man, I have a problem leading worship because they're just clapping all over the place. Man, it would be great. You know what, we're supposed to worship together. This is supposed to be a place where we celebrate the goodness of God together. And man, what if we did that together? Man, each one of these could be a message. Fellowship with one another. Greet one another. Be humble towards one another. Stop real quick. You know what? I'm willing to bet any person that you look up to or you respect, the reason that you look up to them is because they've humbled themselves to you. Maybe shared a weakness, a struggle. And you know what, it's funny because we don't like to do that, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But man, what if we were truly humble with one another and just shared our lives together? It takes humility to share our lives, it does. Encourage one another, forgive one another, teach one another, submit to one another, lay down your lives for one another. Honor one another, accept one another, care for one another, serve one another, live in harmony with one another. Wash the feet of one another, admonish one another, bear with, speak truth to, and belong to one another. You know what's interesting on all these one another's, and when I looked it up in the Word of God, um, I couldn't find or I didn't find anywhere it says, berate one another, Offend one another. Hate one another. Cut one another off in traffic. (laughs) They're not there. And it's interesting because we live in a world that is isolated. You know what's interesting is um, when we struggle in life, I don't know what it is about human nature, but instead of pushing into one another, we isolate from one another. We live in a world that is very self-focused. As a matter of fact, I think most of these things on the card, um, most people will read it this way. I'm gonna love myself. I'm gonna be kind to myself. I'm gonna worship myself. I'm gonna greet myself and encourage myself. I'm gonna live in harmony with myself. Yeah? But the Bible doesn't say that anywhere in there. The Bible speaks over and over and over, at least 56 different verses that talks about things that we're supposed to do together as we live life with one another. Okay, so why is it so difficult then? to build these type of lifelong relationships. Why is it so hard? Help me out. Who said that? Time, absolutely. Time, it takes time. Transparency, what do you mean by that? It's either easy to put on a facade and make it look good rather than actually share life with one another. Yeah, okay, what else? it's hard to humble ourselves hard to recognize that hey we're all um, from the same place so we're all messy a little bit yeah I mean if we're gonna live life one another we're gonna get into the mess with one another we'll talk about that in just a minute what else fear of judgment meaning what you want to be judged for your mistakes yeah absolutely um, yet what's funny is we know that everybody in this room makes mistakes there's not a perfect human being in here because my wife's at home right now <laughs> so uh, but we understand that the we're all imperfect and yet we don't want people to see our imperfectness our, our blemishes yeah okay what else it takes effort man it does doesn't it it takes effort to build this kind of relationship to live life with one another what else it's hard for people. Why is it hard to be honest with one another? Because you're afraid they might not like you? Absolutely. How about this? Is there any pride in there? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody, That one of the best responses right there. <laughs> that was good. And I don't know about you, but I don't want somebody, because of my pride, I don't want somebody to see the mess that I have in my life. So therefore, I keep people at hand's length. At that you know I put in my notes distraction busyness time survival here's one that um, it was kind of mentioned but just this word wasn't necessarily said but fear you know I put on Facebook a question that says hey why is it so difficult to ha- have deep meaningful relationships and man I I mean it It was like 120 responses and it was great I mean people just really uh, they just shared their heart in the middle of that and there was time and these things that you were saying um, but one of the things that kept coming up over and over and over was fear you know the truth is I don't know at what age but we jump into this world wanting to have life with one another And in the midst of that, we begin to do it, and we experience it, and then one of those one another's hurts us. And it can happen at an early age. It can be in your teenage years. It can be in college age. Somewhere along the line, you get hurt. And then all of a sudden, you have a fear of it, don't you? You know what? I'm not going to let that happen to me again. And so again, we keep people at arm's length because we're afraid to get hurt but here's the here's what I would hope that you would take home with you today is this that without the risk you miss out the abundant life that comes from it without the risk you miss it and I hope you would step out and and risk risk it a little more understanding you might get hurt again I get it but then again you might find that lifelong friend Man, and that has been our heart here at this church: is that people would find lifelong friends inside of this body. We don't want people to see our blemishes, disappointments; they all hinder our our engagement in this. Um, okay, so I I've, was struggling through this personally, and just give you: um, I grew up in Woodland Park, Colorado. I went to the same school from kindergarten to the time I graduated. Relationships, um, I had people that I was friends with from the time that I was in kindergarten that I still talk to every once in a while. There's a guy in particular that I go golfing with every once in a while, still lives in Woodland, and I still hang out with him. So I moved from Woodland Park to Estes Park, met my wife, and then we moved to South Carolina. And at South Carolina, um, we become youth pastors there at the church, and one of the most difficult times when, uh, of that experience in our lives was the fact that we didn't have any relationship. We went to a brand new area, moved to a brand new town, brand new state, and here's what I found myself thinking after being there for a little bit. These people are just mean. They're not friendly. They're not nice. And what I began to realize is you know what it's not that they weren't nice it's not that they weren't friendly it's not that they were mean it's just that it takes time to develop relationship and I felt like the Lord began to reveal to me that when in high school I developed some of my closest friendships because I was hanging out with people five days a week and then after school, I was actually hanging out with them in the evenings. Some of you might have had that experience at college where you were living life, my son right now is living with four other guys in a house, he's in his senior year, and he's just loving life, living with these four other guys, just doing everything together. He probably will be friends with these four other guys for the rest of his life, and so we kinda understand that. And then I got to thinking about this when we were talking about it as a teaching team. You know, beyond high school, and beyond college, there's probably, <clears throat> and there's probably different areas, but one of the areas that came up in our teaching team was a military life. So actually, I having Kelly uh, help me out this morning. So Kelly, would you come up here? Is this on? Yeah, okay. All right, so now Kelly is married to a man that was in military for how many years? 23. 23 years. Give me an example of what life was like uh, during that time with being married to him.
1: Well, when when you're married to a military guy, you're in the same group of people all the time. You hang out with the same group of people all the time. And when the guys are working, the wives are together.
0: So when you say all the time.
1: All the time. (laughs) All the time.
0: So several hours a day.
1: Several hours a day, several days a week.
0: Several days a week, and you're just hanging out. And in that process of hanging out with these ladies, what began to happen?
1: We all became very close. Um, Several of us had kids together. Some of them babysat our kids. (laughs) Um, And we've been friends ever since. Go on vacations together. Go on vacations together? We still go on vacations By the way, I put her
0: on the spot this morning, so we have not rehearsed this or anything. So... I'm learning as, as you're learning here. Um, in, in the middle of that, tell me about the backgrounds of all these other ladies. The, where do oh, they come wow. from?
1: We're, one of them's from North Dakota, one's from Texas, and I'm from Nevada.
0: <laughs> did you have any kids that were like preacher's kids? No. No? No preacher's kids? No. Nope. Did you have broken home kids? No. No, everybody had parents who were still together? No, mm-hmm. Oh, that's, okay, that's unique.
1: Me, my parents were divorced. Okay. Three times each. Okay,
0: so you came from broken home, and <laughs> yeah. you get to see that, okay. <laughs> yes. I, my point is, various backgrounds that these oh, yeah. people came in? Yeah. Okay. Did you guys have anything in unity or a common goal in the midst of all this? An
1: interesting question. Uh... Basically, we were just a support to each other while our husbands were out doing whatever they had to do.
0: And they're out doing whatever they had to do. What was their common goal?
1: To accomplish their mission in the military.
0: <laughs> Which is really to protect and serve yeah. us, yes? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So in the middle of that, just to support one another and even support them and what mm-hmm. they're doing, yeah. Give Kelly a hand real quick. Good job, thank you. Okay, a couple of things that I want you to hear, um, and again, uh, we did not rehearse this. I, I just literally asked her when I walked in the church this morning. Um, here's what I want you to recognize: They spent every day, or multiple hours a day, multiple days a week. They came from different backgrounds. They didn't have the common background. They, I mean different states they came from and in the middle of that they had a common goal of just supporting one another as they supported their spouses who were serving and protecting us now here's what's interesting when you begin to realize that we have a common enemy and that we're at battle together we begin to realize that we need one another in the midst of this yes huh Definitely. Now, uh, how many other military people do I have in here? Raise your hand. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. What Kelly said is that true of you? Hundred percent. It's funny. Last night I asked the same question. And the guy said hundred percent. Okay. Get this. We have this desire in each of us to have relationship with one another. There is something that God wired into us to have relationship, okay? He wouldn't have told us to do all of these things with one another if we didn't have that wiring in us. It's in us. The problem is we're impatient. And what took these ladies and these men weeks, hours and hours and hours of spending time together, we're expecting is gonna happen in a five-minute greeting time at church. And if it doesn't happen, then we're disappointed. And after a three-month time period, you know what? By the end of the year, if you don't understand this, at the end of this year, beginning of next year, you're going to be like, you know, Shine Church just isn't that friendly. And this is one of the friendliest churches I've ever been in. But because we have impatience in us, and because we want that deep-seated relationship right away, right now, we're not willing to invest the time or the energy into it. Here's the truth. How many five-minute greeting times would you have to be a part of to make up one week of Kelly's life with those ladies? Years of church services. This is why it's so important. Do you know why we're doing house parties and why we do greeting time and why we're gonna kick off groups in January and, and encourage you to go? Is because we understand that in order to have relationships so that we can do these one another's as we engage with one another we're trying to provide opportunities where some time can be put in so you can live life together and you have to be willing to commit to it they devoted themselves how you doing how you doing i get it we live in a busy world And sometimes I hear people say, oh my gosh, this world is just busier than ever. Do you know what? The world has always been busy. There's nothing new under the sun. The question is, are we gonna devote ourselves to what God has for us? You will make time for things that are important to you. That's true. Just look at your life. You will make time for it, absolutely. You will make time for it. And I'm praying, and I'm asking you, let's engage with one another here. Let's devote ourselves to it. Let's make time for it. So I'm gonna finish by giving you just some practical things that I'd like to see you do. All right, putting it into practice. How about this? If we're supposed to live life with one another, And, and I want you to understand, if you don't live life with one another with people that are in this room, who are you going to live life with? You're going to live with one another's that don't know Jesus. Now, I understand some of you have Christian friends that don't come to Shine Church. I totally get that. and I'm not speaking to that. But the truth is, we live in a world that is very secular. Um, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, man, it is a lost and hurt and dying world. They need to know the good news of Jesus Christ. And um, as as far as I know, missionary dating just doesn't work. And I get it. Well, I'm just going to put myself into the world and into the realm with people that don't know Jesus so that I can pull them out of that world you know I have just seen it over and over and over they don't get pulled out you get pulled in you get pulled into that as hard as you try man unless you have life with one another you don't have a support system you don't have the strength to actually go in and do that but when you live life with one another and you have deep relationships, good, healthy relationships where you're sharpening one another, where somebody could actually go, hey, you know, I've noticed you've been spending a lot of time over there. Have you considered pulling back a little bit from that? Oh man, you're right, I do need to. Because you know, a lot of times your friend will see things that you are just missing. And so when I say, here's some practical things to put into practice, man, I hope that you will take this to heart because right here, I believe that one another is right in this room. And again, I'm not asking you to be best friends with every person in here. But man, I believe with all my heart that two or three connections could be really made here if you give the time to it and do some of these things. So what are the things? How about this? Come early to church. <laughs> sporadic yes and amen here. Well, come, well why would I do that? What in the world if church starts at 10, man'm at 1005 is early for me. Listen, if we all got here at 9 45 on a Sunday morning and had the coffee bar person so busy because you're just grabbing a cup of coffee and just say, hey, let's sit down in the living room area there or let's go in the sanctuary and just talk for a little bit and man that's that's where you get some time there. You get some time with another believer right there if you come early. Hang out afterwards. Now, I will say this. This church is incredible at hanging out afterwards. (laughs) I'm not even gonna, We keep keep doing that. I just encourage you. I mean, and we will end a service and people will still be here 45 minutes, an hour, an hour, I love that. That's awesome. Invite people to dinner or lunch. I'm gonna ask you a question. Don't answer it out loud, but just think about it. When's the last time you actually asked somebody from church on Sunday to go to lunch with you? I mean, it's, it's gonna be lunchtime. When's the last time you said, hey, I gotta eat, you gotta eat, let's go do it together. But we live in such a pa- fast-paced life that we're like, oh no, I gotta get to this, and I gotta get to this, and I gotta get to this. Slow down, understand. Man, these relationships come when you just put time into it. Invite somebody to lunch, or if you come Saturday, normally dinner afterwards. All right, how about this one? Practical things to put into practice. Ask for help. Ask for help. Now listen, I get it. We're a people that would much rather help somebody else than ask for help, totally get it. But in order for this to work together with one another, we not only have to help others, but we have to ask for help. Again, don't isolate yourself when you're struggling. Go push into somebody. Ask them to help you. Ask them to pray for you. Ask them to encourage you. Ask for it. Give it. When somebody asks you, man, do everything you can to help out. Yes. Yes, please share a story. Grab the mic so that I don't have to repeat everything. Is that on?
2: Oh, I think it's on now. Okay. Um, <laughs> great. Now it yeah. sounds like Matt. Yeah. <laughs> um, I asked for help um, to get back. We knew that God wanted us back in Colorado. So I asked some friends, told them the situation, and said, we need a place to live. I have no idea how I'm going to afford it. I don't know where. And my friend, Diane, said, I think I know some people that would might help you. And it's the Gibblers. I have known Kim for a very long time, and she didn't know that I actually knew Kim. I hadn't had a chance to reach out to Kim. And within two weeks, um, we are living on the ranch. And I can't tell you how blessed we are, not because of the just the home we have, because they have an incredible place, <laughs> and it's beautiful, but um, the fellowship, I can't. Um, just at this time, it, it gave us healing. To have, so and, and it's awesome. Just listen to God
0: and think. <laughs> if you hadn't asked for it,
2: I would have never known, and Kim you, wouldn't have known, and so Kim wouldn't
0: have known, you wouldn't have known, and it wouldn't have been put together. Yeah. Hey, sometimes we need to ask for help. Ask for help. If you don't know who to ask, get with one of us staff members here at the church, and ask us. Now, we can't meet everybody's needs in here, but we may know people in here that can meet a need in a situation like that. Exactly. Love that. All right, uh, moving on. I love that. Um, How about this one? Be willing to get into the mess. Talked about a little bit. Hey, um, just real quick, be honest with me. Please be honest with me. How many of you have some area of your life that's a little bit of a mess? Keep your hands up. Look around the room. Okay, most everybody has some sort of mess in their life. Okay, now Listen. DJ, in our teaching team, we were talking about this. We live in a world where we carefully manicure our backyards. And if we look over at our neighbors and we don't like what they're doing, we build a fence. Oh, get this. Some of us are proactive on this. And we'll move into a house and we don't even care what their yard looks like yet, we're gonna build a fence. Because we don't wanna see somebody else's mess. But in order to live life with one another, in order to engage with one another, we're going to have to realize, okay, I have a messy life, and you know what? The person I'm going to be involved with is probably going to have a little bit of mess somewhere in their life, and I want to get involved in that, and I want to help them out on that. Ladies, maybe you'll understand it better this way. How many of you would be okay if I spontaneously walked into your house today? A couple, okay? And even if you were okay with it, Here's one of the very first things that, I'm not going to say everybody would say, but here's one of the first things that most ladies would say. Oh, please excuse the mess. (laughs) Yes or no? What is that? We all live in houses where dust accumulates and dishes don't get done, and we all live in those houses. But yet when people come over, we feel like everything has to be put into the right position, right place, because we don't want them to see that we live a messy life. Yes? We're going to start doing spontaneous house parties. I would never do that to you, ladies. I would never do that to you. But what if? I'm just saying, man, get this. We, we need to get into the mess with one another. Let's be okay with that. Be intentional about these relationships. But here's the interesting thing. Don't miss out on the organic thing that happens. You know, we've had a conversation in the teaching time. Is it intentional or is it organic? Yes. We need to be intentional about this. But yet, you know what, in a greeting time, something organic may happen. And man, don't miss out on that because you're like, well, I haven't, wasn't very intentional about this. I, both are going to take place. Look for both of those. Um, look for ways to encourage, exhort, and call things out in people. And then I'll finish this with this one. Hey, how about this? Be an initiator. Be an initiator with this. And I understand that there are certain personalities that have that initiation personality that are just, man, I'm going to call people. And then there's other people that don't even think about doing that. And here's what I'll hear from time to time. You know, I've had this relationship with this person, but they never call me. I'm always calling them. Okay. If you have a good time together and you connect and you are doing life together and you're the one that's always calling, okay be okay with that and understand if you're the person that never calls call well i just never think of it well then put it into your phone and program it the reminder hey if this relationship is important i need to stretch out too i need to initiate too but understand we all have different personalities in the middle of that and it's part of the mess and so Don't get discouraged because maybe you're the one that initiates all the time, but just understand, especially if you're connecting, when you do get together, man, maybe you're the initiator person. I was talking to my wife about this, and the truth is, um, even in our own relationship, there's things I initiate, and there's things she initiates. I will never initiate decorating. (laughs) I won't do it. It doesn't even come to my mind. But yet when she wants to do a project, after I complain about it, and after I moan about it, and after I make her pay for it for a little bit, then we'll come together and do it together, and we'll create some awesome stuff. My point is this, man, don't get hung up on, she's not giving me what I, you know, she's not giving what I put in, or he's not, he's not calling the way I call him. You know what, if you connect and you do get together, man, understand that maybe you're the one that's the initiator, and that's okay. And if you aren't, by nature, an initiator, man, be on purpose to do that, yeah? If we apply some of these things, I think that we will grow together, we'll start sharing life together, and it'll be an awesome, awesome thing. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the fact that you wired in each one of us a desire to have relationship. And so Lord, I pray, I pray for two different people today. And the first is this, while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, if you're in this room right now, and you can answer this question, I'd like you to raise your hand. If you feel like you have a deep relationship with two or three people that you feel like you can get messy with, would you raise your hand? Okay, about half the room. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these relationships. God, we take a moment in time right now to remind ourselves what a special thing it is. There are people in this room that are longing for the relationship and the type of friendship that we have. And so Lord, help us to never take that for granted. Help us to enjoy every second of these relationships. Help us to remember that there are other people in this congregation that are in this body that don't have this. So God, not only are we grateful for that, but Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to those people that maybe don't have that. Maybe we could include them. Maybe we could bring them in. Maybe we could draw them into these relationships, the studies that we have or the gatherings that we have. God. Give us keen eyes to take the great thing that we already have and help expand it into this body. And the second person I want to pray for, whether your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, is that person that would say, Pastor Dan, I hear what you're saying and I long for that type of relationship, but I just don't have it. Would you raise your hand? Yep, 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 all over the room. Heavenly Father, I lift up for these people to you right now. And first and foremost, Lord, I pray that you would help them to understand that you are their best friend. That Jesus, you died on their behalf and you want to call them friend and you want them to call you friend. But beyond that, Lord, there is a practical need in all of our lives to have relationships here with other human beings on this planet and so lord i pray that you would meet those people where they're at and that you would begin to encourage them with the understanding that you do have relationships for every single one of us you have people that you want us to Uh, encounter you have people that you want us to uh, live life with you have people that you want us to do life together as one another and so Lord I pray that you would begin to highlight who those people are whether it's our greeting time or uh, a lunch afterwards or uh, maybe at a workplace or even a neighborhood God bring Christian people into these people's lives and God I pray that these relationships would begin to be established and help us to understand that it takes time and we have to devote ourselves to those things but Lord I pray that you would be faithful to bring people that would be willing to give the time and that devotion together with those individuals that raised their hand and Lord we thank you for that in Jesus name everybody said amen you guys be blessed have a great week this week engage with one another